welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. We are in week two of this series called Moses. And it's important for us to know that as we're looking through this story of the life of Moses, that he's on a journey. He's on a journey of discovering his destiny. And as we look at his life, we're looking at it as a narrative. And we need to know that we're not looking at Moses's life so that we can look at his life and go, yeah, we need to be more like Moses. That's not why we're looking at his life. We're looking at his life and his story because we believe that the way that God interacts with those in scripture is actually something we can learn from and learn about the way that he interacts, interacts with us. And so we're looking at his story today from the perspective of going from pride to humility. And what you'll find at the end of today is Moses actually doesn't uh, find humility today. But that's the journey that he's on from this place of pride to humility. There's actually some deconstructing of pride that is about to take place today. I was thinking through the definition of pride and, you know, pride is any time that we're finding satisfaction or pleasure uh, in something that we've achieved or success that we've had, or we can even like take pleasure or pride in something that we're closely associated with, like a sports team that we love uh, or our kids that we're raising. Uh, we, we can just have a pride uh, that is not directly associated to something we've done, but someone we love. I was thinking about um, just in our household, as I've shared with you before, the Tinglers are sports fans. And so uh, my husband from the time he was little is, has been sporting his Kansas City Royals and Chiefs gear, like all, even through the dark ages, before it was cool to wear Royals and Chiefs gear, he was wearing it. And, um, you know, he'd wear it all over when we go on vacation. And I specifically remember several years ago, there was this shift that happened we were out of town on vacation when the Royals were making their World Series run. And uh, it was no different than normal. He was always wearing his Royals hat. But everywhere we went, hundreds of miles away from home, when he'd walk by someone, people would go, go Royals. And it was like everywhere we went, they noticed us for once. It was like that was the year there was a shift that happened that suddenly we have something to be proud of around here. And now... Patrick Mahomes, every time they, they, they put his face on TV, we're reminded that he's ours. There's a pride that he's ours. We feel this pride that um, we just, we have something to be proud of together as a city now. And it's fun, isn't it? It's really fun that we get to celebrate that together. But you know, sometimes pride is deeper than this satisfaction or celebration that we find. Sometimes pride is actually the way we find our identity in something that we do or a success in our life. Sometimes we can find pride in uh, degrees or education that we have. We can find pride in the image that we portray or even the children that we raise. There are a whole lot of places that we can find ourselves and uh, Moses is no stranger to this. Moses is really struggling 
with a broken identity. And what Moses is going to learn, there's going to be the beginning today that we're going to be looking to scripture together, as you heard in the scripture reading. What we're going to see is that God is stripping away the places of broken identity in Moses' life. And what we're going to learn is that it is only God's mercy when we are stripped of the things that we find our identity in other than Jesus. It is truly God's mercy, but it's painful. It's messy, it hurts. Right now you're all probably thinking of a time when when pride was chipped away from your heart and it didn't feel good. But it's God's mercy and we're gonna learn what that looks like today. So if you'll go ahead and turn to Exodus 2, just so you can have it pulled up on your Bible app or the Bible that you brought with you because we're gonna work through this story. And we're actually gonna start just with a really fast recap of last week because you need to understand there are a couple different places of broken identity that Moses is wrestling with. He's wrestling first with his upbringing and this tension of where do I come from? What are my roots? Who am I? And if you look back, if you missed the message last week, I would encourage you, that was week one of the series, go back, check it out, watch it. Um, But I'm going to just catch you up to speed about what happened when Moses was born. All right, I'm gonna give you a really quick rundown of his birth story and his first few years. And it's really important, all right? I'm, I'm taking the time to do it because we need to understand his identity crisis and how it relates to him being Egyptian and Hebrew. So he was born a Hebrew during a time when the Pharaoh was killing all the baby boys. And so his mom hides him for several months of his life. And when she can no longer hide him anymore, She puts him in a basket. This is described in Exodus chapter two, the very beginning of it, if you wanna look back through. So she puts him in this basket, she puts him in the Nile River, she gives him up, and his sister is watching close by. And the Egyptian princess happens to find Moses in the river. So she takes him up out of the water, and his sister who's looking on says, hey, do you want me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse this child for you? And so, Uh, Moses' own mom actually gets to raise him in his first early years of life. The Egyptian princess gives him back to his mom. She gets to nurse him and raise him until he's several years old. And then there's this thing that happens in verse 10, and I want us to look at it together. In chapter 2, verse 10, it's time for Moses' mom to give him back to the Egyptian princess for the second time. And in verse 10, it says this. He became her son. At this time, in this moment, when he gives her back, when she gives him back to the Egyptian princess, it says, he became her son. So now Moses, at this moment, he is now Hebrew and Egyptian. He's now both Hebrew and Egyptian but he's also neither. And the question that Moses is wrestling with is whose son am I? There's just this thing deep rooted in him that we're gonna watch unfold throughout his story over these few weeks of whose son am I? I'm, I'm both, but I'm neither. And we're gonna watch this tension play out today because the second thing that you need to know about Moses's identity crisis and this 
places of broken identity that he's wrestling with is that he was raised in an Egyptian palace. So there is some clout to the way he was raised. There is some pride there. There is some power and authority. Uh, there's a really good chance that he was a trained Egyptian, uh, trained under the Egyptian military, which means something. He was powerful. Uh, and, and where he was from and the way he was raised, it was kind of godlike. Little G, God-like. He really had an authority to him because of that. And we're getting ready to watch where he goes to exercise that authority. All right, so one day he wakes up. We're gonna pick up chapter two, verse 11. So one day after Moses had grown, it says he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. You notice it says he went out to where his own people were. Moses is really identifying with the Hebrews who are being persecuted. It says he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, there it is again. It says looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So here's what we don't know. We don't know if this was the first time that Moses comes out and sees what's happening to his people. We don't know if this was the first time that he realizes just the kind of persecution that they're under from the Egyptians, but we know this, uh, there was something in him in that moment that either it was the first time or he just couldn't take it any longer and it wells up in him and he has to do something about it. And so he kills the guy, he buries his body, and uh, that night, we also don't know what happens in Moses' mind or his heart, but I'm willing to bet what I know about pride And I'm willing to bet that what I know about when there are just these places that we run to that that suddenly feel right, I'm willing to bet that there was something within Moses that night that went, oh, this is it. This is who I am. I'm a great deliverer. I'm one who brings justice. This is who I am. Finally, I now know who I am. This is my identity. And so what does he do? Similar to what we do oftentimes, I'm guessing, when we are running to things that bring us security and authority and and purpose. What does he do? He goes back for more. Look down at verse 13. So he goes back for more the next day. And this time, when he goes back for more, he's met with some rejection. So if you look down at verses 13 and 14, this time um, there are two Hebrews who are fighting. And so there are two Hebrews and he approaches and confronts the one who's causing the conflict. And he's like, why, why are you fighting? And the Hebrew is not thrilled about Moses being in charge or self-appointed in charge. And he looks at him, he says, who made you ruler over us? He's looking at Moses like, I don't know who you think you are, but you're not one of us. What are you gonna do? You're gonna kill us just like you did the Egyptian the other day? And so Moses in that moment, he's met with serious rejection. There's this recognition again that he's Hebrew, he's Egyptian, He's both, but he's neither. 
he's, he's having to face that again. He's having to face again that he truly doesn't know whose son that he is. And at that moment, he also has a lot of fear because he finds out that the Pharaoh knows, people know, he's been exposed, people know about the murder, and he has to flee. And so I think we need to sit in this for a second, knowing what we know so far of Moses' broken identity and, and seeing the story play out. I think it's important for us to sit in it because all of us have places that we go to that make us feel secure. Some of us actually can really relate to Moses' story of who am I? Like, where do I come from? Maybe you grew up in a home where you're like, why don't I look or sound or act like any of these people? Where did I come from? Maybe you've wrestled with just a title or a role or a position that, that you feel like you finally found your purpose in and then that went away. But at the beginning, always at the beginning, when we go and we run to these places of security and, and even sin, here, here's the trouble with that. Um, sin and false identity, they actually don't make us feel crummy right away. They actually leave us wanting to come back for more. And that's exactly what happened in Moses' story. But at some point, we go through this cycle. They leave us coming back for more. We realize that all of the things that we run to that give us this false identity, they bring short-term fulfillment, but long-term emptiness. And they leave us way more broken than they found us. At some point, they run out. At some point, we realize that they don't love us the way that we thought they did. And then with that, there is a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain and it hurts. Anytime we are stripped of the things that we thought were our identity, it hurts. We're left feeling rejected. Uh, I, I did a series at a youth camp several years ago called The Search for Purpose. And it was called, now don't make fun of me too much, okay? It was like my first year being a youth pastor. It was called The Search for Purpose, Power, Pennies, and Pleasure. I was just so proud of myself. I was like, the three Ps, here are the places we find our purpose in. But it, it really is true. You know, some places that these false places where we find our purpose or identity can be in power. It can be in a title or a job that we feel called to. It can be in the things we have, in money, in, in our stuff that makes us feel secure and, and gives us a status. And it can be in pleasure. We can find our identity in, in places that help us to cope with what we're feeling, uh, that give us the short-term fulfillment. And as you think about the way that God has designed us and wired us, um, He is the only one that leaves us more whole when we find him. The other stuff will leave us more broken at some point. It will run out, it will go away. He's the only one that takes something broken and meets us where we're at and makes something 
new. And as we think about, like, just maybe some of you are, are processing, you know, what are the places in my own heart? Like, what are the places in my own heart that I've, I've wrestled with running to for security or identity or the things that have been like the thing I've claimed to take pride in that, that really make me feel like I have a purpose? Some of them aren't bad. Like, here's the thing, pride is really sneaky because some of the things that, that we can run to or, or try to find our purpose in, um, they're not bad things in themselves. Like I said, it could be um, a cause that we're working toward or fighting for. It could be the kids that we're raising and the identity we find in being a mom or a dad or a grandparent. Um, it could even be ministry. It could even be a calling on your life like to ministry. But, but here's the problem. When we find our identity in any of those places, our successes will always go to our head. We will think that it's us. Our successes will always go to our head and then our failures will go to our heart. When we're finding our identity in those places, we have to face the hurt that comes when they run out. And Moses is going through this stripping of places where he thought maybe his identity was, and he's on this journey for dest to his destiny. And I think sometimes we think of destiny as this place we're going, or uh, when I was 10 years old, God called me to go do this, and that's my destiny. But the reality is anytime that we have a broken identity, we're going to have a broken idea of what destiny is. And Moses is learning that along the way. For some of us, uh, we've had moments where we like, we really get it, but then we slip back into going, okay, but this feels really secure and this makes me feel really content. Like this is the thing or the place I'm going to run to. And I would encourage all of us this week, um, as the Lord like bringing stuff to your mind or to your heart, like Lord, I, I would encourage you go before, before God and just do a personal inventory. You just do a personal inventory of all the stuff in your life, from the things that you hold tangibly to the things that are intangible in your life that, that might bring contentment. And I would encourage you to just go before God and say, Lord, is there anything that I'm just really, really holding on to tightly? Is there anything that I'm, that I'm chasing after, that I'm relying on to fulfill me and tell me who I am. And go through, take an inventory of the stuff in your life. And if you want to know maybe how much weight you're putting on one of those places or how much you're looking to that, ask yourself this, how much pain would I experience if I lost it? Just go before the Lord in humility. Just say, Lord, will you help me to be really honest? How much pain would I experience if I lost this thing? And then the second thing that, that you can do is, is you can go, now Lord, would you show me why? Why would that bring me so much pain to lose that thing? What do you want me to know about that? And then just sit really quiet and listen. Listen to what he might have to say to you. And I would love to hear, um, by the way, anytime, uh, I, f I feel like I always have a component when I teach, I'm like, and then I want you to go with, do this with the Lord. Like, if you ever have a cool story about what he says to you, um, share it with me, email me, tell me. I'd love to know, like, how I can be praying for you. 
But I encourage you to do that. Go before the Lord and just say, Lord, all the things in my life, I wanna be honest about how much would it hurt if I lost this? And also, can you show me why? Why would it hurt me so badly? I think it's important for us to go in front of the Lord and ask those questions because when we think about the way that we're stripped of the stuff we find our identity in, Moses is going through that right now and he runs. When that happens, he runs. He goes straight into the wilderness. But there's something really beautiful that's getting ready to happen. There's something really beautiful. As he's been stripped of this, what we're going to, going to experience over these next few weeks is that it's actually in the wilderness where he has these encounters with the living God. He has encounters with the living God and Moses is getting ready to discover that it is more about who God is calling him to be than what God is calling him to do. It's painful, it hurts. Rejection is not fun. Losing things, being stripped of things that we were finding false identity in is not fun. But there is this opportunity in the mess for us to have encounters with the living God. There is huge transformation of the heart that happens when we surrender it to him. And I think we can make the mistake of going, well, if we go through really hard stuff, like suffering in itself um, just makes you more complete. Like sometimes I hear people say that, like if you go through enough stuff in your life or if you go through enough suffering, uh, it's just gonna make you really resilient. It's gonna make you an overcomer of adversity and, and it's going to complete you. And, and scripture tells us that. But I, I would like to just make sure we understand that suffering in itself without surrender doesn't make us any more whole. Like going through the really hard stuff and gritting our teeth and holding on to it tighter doesn't do anything. There, there's no transformation of the heart that happens when we encounter God in those moments. He's looking for us to let go and to give it over to him. And um, I really truly can tell you that I've been on my own journey of the things that the Lord has had to chip away from me finding identity in. I've been on my own journey of going, you know what, Lord, more than anything, I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am, and I trust you. For me, it's oftentimes like when I find myself hanging on really tightly, um, some of the way the Lord's wired me, like he, he's given me insight to be able to like see, okay, this is what the right thing is. Okay, this is what the right thing is, this is what needs to happen, or, or this is what's coming, this is what's going to happen but I don't get to decide how quickly that happens or how it happens, or even if I'm going to be a part of fixing it. And that can really frustrate me. Especially when I'm like, Lord, why are you, why are you showing me all this? Like, why are you giving me all this if, if I'm not supposed to do something? Some of my wrestling with uh, moments in my life of having to just let go of things have come not in tangible places that I'm finding my identity in, but in places of, of needing to be able to do something and control. And can I tell you, when the Lord strips me of those places, when, he, when I'm left in places of real uncertainty and I spend time with him, those are some of the richest times of my life when he has done something big in my heart, when he's changed me, 
And uh, just the other day, you know, I don't know about you, but it has been a hard couple years. It is, it's been a hard year. I'm so tired of hearing the jokes about how bad 2020 is. I'm like, can we just stop talking about it now? It's true though. It's been a hard year on this earth. And I was sitting before the Lord the other day and I had my journal on my back patio. And I was like, Lord, this uncertainty, all of this, like it just, it needs to go. I'm, I'm done with it. Lord, this has been a hard season. When are we going to be delivered? And I'm praying there, and I don't know if you guys have this, this issue sometimes when you pray or when you're journaling with the Lord, you're like squirrel, like you get distracted if you're praying sometimes. It's okay, I'm just telling you. It happens to me too, okay? So I'm praying to the Lord and I'm asking him this and all of a sudden I look down at my journal and I'm like, oh, I'm almost done with this journal. I get to buy a new one soon. And um, for those of you fellow journals, I, journalers, I get really excited about that. I don't know if anyone else gets excited about buying a new journal, but it just makes my heart happy. And so I'm looking down, I'm like, yay, I get to buy a new journal soon. And uh, also in that moment, I was like, man, my friend gave me this, like it seems like a long time ago. And I remember thinking, oh, it's gonna be a long time before I fill this one up because it is really, really big. It's a lot bigger than most of my journals. And I remember looking at it at that time, thinking how long it was gonna take to fill it up. I was like, this feels like it's gone really fast. It actually feels like uh, I haven't been writing in it for very long. So I start looking back at the dates going, it must've been like a year ago. And I realized it's only been a few months. And when I looked at that and I realized I've filled this whole thing up in a few months, I felt the Lord just go and look how rich our time together has been in this time of uncertainty. I just felt the Lord go, look back at these pages, do you see these promises? Do you see the things I've done in your heart during this time? Do you see how things look different than they did a few months ago? Do you see what I was saying all along? You know, the mistake can be that when we don't see what God's doing or we're still in our place of brokenness that we can think God's not working in that. But as you see Moses' story unfold, I want you to land in the place at the end of this passage today and I want us to walk away with this. Go down to the end of this passage in verse 23. And in Moses' story, you remember, he's in this place of a broken identity, he flees, he ends up at the well, he rescues some women, and then he also doesn't just rescue them, he goes to water their flock. He ends up marrying one of them he has a son, and, and we know that Moses is actually still really broken in this place because did you, did you catch what his son's name means? It means I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. Like Moses is still really broken at this point. He's still really broken. He still is like, I'm Hebrew, I'm Egyptian, I'm both, but I'm neither. I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. But look how this story ends for today. If you look at this promise, what we see here at the end is that the Israelites are groaning in their slavery. They are crying out for help. And I want you to look at these very important four words that we see 
depending on what translation you have. In verse 24, it says, God hears them, he remembers them, he remembers his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looks on them and he was concerned about them. That circular movement, if you look all the way back through scripture, you're gonna notice those four words over and over and over. This is God's redemption plan coming to fruition. And even in Moses' own story, even when he's still in this place of, of brokenness, God's doing something to equip him. If you remember, I just I shared with you that he saves these women and then he waters their flock. This is one of his first times being a shepherd. He's learning something about being a shepherd. He doesn't even know it yet. If you've ever felt like you are too far gone for God, if you've ever felt like you are just in such a place of brokenness that you've messed your life up, just be reminded that you're just not that powerful. God is still God, he remembers. He hears our cry. He remembers his promises. He's looking on us and he knows. Will you pray with me? Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that as Moses is wrestling with whose son am I, that you're a father who knows that answer, that he's your son. And Lord, the way that a parent knows, the parent just knows when they hear their child crying out, they know what kind of cry that is. Lord, you know that about us. And so God, just help us to open our hands and open our hearts. Will you reveal the places in us that we've just had a broken identity in? Will you make us new? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.